life is all about learning. And if you stop learning, then you kind of like just, you know, you're at a standstill. And then, you know, I, I say you, you start the process of death. You're either going to continue to like, you know, keep learning all through life or you're just going to stay stagnant and, you know, you're just going to kind of like, okay, I'm done, you know, and uh, I, I am in retirement. Are you a follower of Jesus that feels called to expand the kingdom of God through building and growing successful businesses? If that's you, then welcome to the Kingdom Capitalist Show that interviews amazing Christians using their business and money-making abilities to expand God's kingdom all over the globe. I'm your host, Ellis Hammond, and welcome to the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. This is the show where we highlight Christian entrepreneurs and business leaders uh, who really have a desire to grow and build businesses. And I am really, really excited, as always, to bring on a really special guest. Uh, this guest, you know, we've had a lot of real estate folks on the show already, but uh, this guest is different. One, because he has the coolest name, I think, of any guest so far, Michael Flight. Uh, Michael, welcome to the show. Ellis, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to our, our talk today. And, you know, I, I just love sharing, um, you know, different things, including business and, you know, my faith and some of the ministries that, you know, I'm, I happen to be special on my heart. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm so, I'm so excited to get into all of that as well as, okay, not just a cool name, but um, also really excited because Michael has been in real estate for over 30 years. Um, so no, no rookie here on the show today and has done at least a half a billion transactions in, uh, in real estate. And I believe in the commercial real estate world, is that kind of specifically uh, what that number is geared towards? Yeah, we, uh, we, we've done uh, a little bit of everything, but primarily our focus is shopping centers and uh, retail real estate. But uh, in, the, in the years since 1985 or so, done just about everything, I usually list the things that we haven't done versus you know, <laughs> some of the things that we've messed around with. Yeah, well, tell our audience a little bit before we kind of get into your story, what, what you're currently doing, you know, where, where, what, your, what your business is, uh, and what you're focused on. Well, the company is Concordia Realty Corporation. We've been in business since 1990. We primarily uh, started out doing shopping centers because I was doing retail uh, real estate since I graduated from college. Like six months after I graduated from college, I became a uh, retail real estate broker. So when we started the company, we focused on shopping centers because that's what our specialty was. We did workouts for larger institutions and then eventually started partnering with institutions from hedge funds to insurance companies and, and different things like that to um, you know buy, redo, rehab, completely take apart, demall uh, things. And uh, we also got into doing uh, workouts later on, like in 2008 for banks, for portfolios of single family homes, broken condo projects and, and things like that. So we've run the gamut. I say that we've done a lot of things and uh, I'm always interested in learning new things. So even though I've been around for a long time, uh, I am constantly learning stuff yeah. from um, you know just doing things. Yeah. Uh, and so now we've started within the past three years, Concordia Equity Partners which is more for individual investors and, and, you know, so we're taking our skills that we've done 
with institutional investors and institutional partners and you know gearing a lot of our investment towards individual investors that's really cool yeah I, I would love to hear more about that maybe we can get into that in a little bit so I, I want to start a little bit different today you know I want to ask you your story and kind of hear your face story but I was on your website uh, earlier michaeljflight.com you have the coolest name you know it's just you gotta you gotta continue to use this but and I saw a blog post you you used and um, it was about Zig Ziglar someone who is, uh, I've read a lot of his stuff and really inspired by his story and his life. And he wrote a book called At the Top. And there's a couple good quotes here that I wanted to ask you about. He says, you are at the top when you understand failure is an event. It is not a person. He goes on, there's a couple of really good quotes here. He says, uh, you are at the top when you have made friends with the past, are focused on the present and optimistic about the future. You are at the top when you are filled with faith, hope, and love and live without anger, greed, guilty, envy, or thoughts of revenge. Uh, you are at the top when you are mature enough to delay gratification and shift your focus from your rights to your responsibilities. That's a good one, isn't it? And then another one, you are at the top when you are secure in who you are. And so you are at peace with God and in fellowship with man. Michael, what does it mean for you? I just think that's a powerful blog post. What do you think it means for you as a kingdom capitalist, as a man of God, to be at the top? Uh, you know what? Being at the top is, um, you know, not only um, success as monetary success, but um, success as a, as a person, success in your relationship with God, and success in relationship with your community, are are you you know helping your community flourish? And your community could be your immediate community where you live, or your community could be the group of guys that you've got in a mastermind. The the community could be a Bible study. Uh, but are you you know working to help people flourish? And also um, your community is, are you helping people that need your help and need some of your resources? And can those people contribute to you and, you know, show you some blind spots that you have in your uh, particular life. So I always look at uh, poverty as if I'm doing poverty alleviation work or I'm doing work with a ministry in uh, the inner city and, and we're redoing houses or something like that. Am I in relationship with the people that are in that neighborhood and do they have something to teach me, uh, some sort of wisdom, mm. or am I just parachuting into that neighborhood, doing my work and leaving? Right. So, because if I'm doing that, then I'm really not in relationship. Right. So Yeah, th there's that collaboration at the top. I love that, that mindset too, because, you know, in the capitalist world, right, we're not talking about kingdom capitalism here we're talking about just in the capitalism world there's the race to the top but you know the point of capitalism is not just to get at the top and stand there by yourself right and and so i love what you're saying here it's an idea of really bringing people alongside of you a collaboration in your efforts well i mean uh let's look at it from the the simplest point of view i mean jesus didn't just go out and do it himself he mm -hmm. you know went out and chose 12 guys and he also had a bunch of other apostles too but the whole thing started out in community and if you're not in community, whether you're not, you know, in a church community or you're not in a group of, you know, men, uh, I forget what the, um, the Old Testament Proverbs is, but, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know, and, and men sharpening men and, right. um, you know, just some accountability. Uh, if you're not in community with your family, which is the most basic community, you don't have, and I'm going to keep saying flourishing, but you really don't have a flourishing life if 
I mean, relationships really make life. So you, you have a really interesting story. You know, we met at a real estate conference last year and, uh, you know, we really hit it off because I think I told you I was in Christian ministry at the time. And you said, well, I wanted, you know, I, I've been in real estate 30 years, but I almost was a Lutheran minister. And, <laughs> and that really caught me off guard. And so I uh, would love to just hear more of that story about how did you make that decision to not be a, it was quite the big change there. So walk us through that. Uh, that transition or kind of what you were, if you can go back to that moment and why you decided to go more into well, the business world. I think I, I, I have to go back to high school because in high school I was kind of looking because I, I wanted to have a better relationship with God. I wanted to have a better relationship with Christ. And I didn't think I had a, a good enough relationship with God and a good enough faith and all the rest of it. So then I'm like, well, maybe I should become a Lutheran pastor and that'll help me in my relationship with God because, you know, I'll, I'll know more about God and, and all the rest of it. And, oh, you know, it, it doesn't seem like a bad lifestyle and all the rest of it. So it was like a really poor, you know, decision to, to, to go down that path in the first place because that's, you know, really. And then once I got into college um, and, you know, really started taking a look at it, I'm like, I, you know, and then I always joke around Greek and Hebrew are a sign from God that I shouldn't be a Lutheran pastor. <laughs> so, but uh, I, I really, at some point, the light went on and I said, you know what? Um, I, I don't think I'm being called to be a pastor, but I see business people that are, are active in ministries and, and doing all sorts of things. And, um, you know, and I, I also like briefly you know, thought about being a teacher, but I chose not to. And I said, I, I can do a lot of this thing and maybe I can bring even more resources if I'm a successful business person to some of these ministries or, and so that's how I kind of got into business. And, you know, I, I, I decided to really like business, you know, more than that, but there was also something nagging at me in the back of my mentor, Steve Zoller, who we still get together and, um, eat breakfast and, you know, do a little bit of a Bible study. And he's, I think, uh, 10 or 12 years older than me. And um, I first met him through Christian Businessmen's Committee. We, we've stayed together and, and he's given me these books uh, at every step, you know, in my life. And I think it's because he went through kind of the same phases in his mm -hmm. life. So like, I can remember him giving me uh, Bob Buford's halftime um, it, it, right around the time I was 40, you know, and so it's like, you know, what are you doing? Are you going to go from success to significance? And, but also in the back of my head, there was also this nagging thing that said, you know, I'm kind of less than because I never was a full-time minister. I never was full-time, you know, that. And then I, I eventually got over that um, because, you know, I, I've been on all kinds of uh, nonprofit boards, all kinds of ministry boards. And, um, you know, for the past 10 or 15 years of my life, I have had uh, just a bunch of people in a bunch of different um, organizations contacting me saying, oh, um, you helped, like, for example, Sunshine Gospel Ministries over here uh, with their housing program. Can you help us, you know, can you give us a little bit of advice here? Or can you, um, you know, do you know anybody here? And so now I've got a network of, you know, people, attorneys, um, all sorts of things, or I'm on the board of, uh, 
directors for Righteous Oaks LLC, which is a for-profit enterprise that solely is owned by Chicago Hope High School, which is a Christian non-denominational high school in the city of Chicago. That um, uh, and they flip houses and do um, various real estate activities to make money to fund back to the school. So they've made anywhere from 300,000 to 800,000 per year to give back to the school wow. in terms of operating profits by doing real estate. And so um, one of the first things that they said, you know, would you like to get involved? And I'm like, sure, what do you need? And you know, they're like this, I'm like, well, let me introduce you to this bank um, that we've got a relationship with because you guys need a line of credit to buy these houses and renovate the houses to then flip them. And so that was an easy thing. And I call up my banker and I said, you know, you've got to see this organization um, because if they're not in your advertising and you're not pushing this and you guys don't get this deal done, you guys are idiots because <laughs> this is a well-run organization. They, they run it like a business, but it's a ministry. It's a feel good story. It's right. something that you know, is going to be great for your marketing and all the rest of it. And so that bank and uh, that organization, it probably um, had a line of credit and a banker relationship now for, I, I can't remember, it's probably five or seven years. So, Well, I love what you're saying there. And I want to double click on something because you said you, you really wrestled with this question, am I less than because I'm not a minister? And I think a lot of Christians really struggle with that. Like there's a, you know, I've been in full-time ministry and I think one of the reasons I went to full-time ministry was because I thought, you know, this is the best way to be close to a guy to really make an impact. That really is like my motto. I want to create impact. And I thought, well, if I want to do that, I got to go into ministry. And over the last couple of years, I've had this shift in seeing that, I mean, there's incredible impact to be made and, and there's a need for full-time missionaries and ministries, but those things do not right. run without also people who are called to grow and build businesses. I would love to know, like, is that what kind of helped you make that shift is just getting into it and seeing that? Or like, what was that turning point to but help you kind of overcome that? I want to say it's not only the money part of it so that you're supporting the money. You have specific God-given talents that, that God has given you. And, you know, no matter what you're doing, you have specific God-given talents. And so that's, you know, what you're called for. And, and you're called to be a witness even, you know, wherever you are working. So it, like I said, I, Steve has, you know, he was in a, a, a CPA, my, my mentor. And um, this guy was meeting all kinds of people. And every time he was doing their taxes or something, he's sitting down and, you know, helping them do estate planning and taxes and stuff. And, you know, next thing you know, he's like throwing some stuff in there. It's like, well, you know, are you, how do you feel about, you know, your relationship with Christ and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I have met so many people out there. Um, I just heard a, a great thing on uh, the world radio podcast yesterday, this truck driver, you know, and uh, he was talking about the story about how he was witnessing uh, while he was filling up his truck to one guy. <laughs> and uh, some guy comes up to him two or three years later and says, you don't know me, but I overheard you talking to this guy at that pump that one day. It goes, it changed my life. I can't, I went home and I wow. said to my wife, we have to go to church. And, you know, it really changed my life. Wow. Um, yeah. So that, that's, and then I, I'm just going to say one more thing. Roman Catholics and, and Greek Orthodox still call it, you know, the liturgy. You know, when you're in church, it's, you know, the liturgy. 
which literally in Greek means the work, you know, so you're doing the work, mm. you know, of Christ. And so you, if you're at work doing the work of Christ, you're, mm. you're, you're participating in liturgy. Mm. Well, I, I really appreciate you making that distinction too, because I think there's also this mindset uh, in with kind of in the Christian community or in churches uh, that, yeah, the only reason we go to work or the only way to really redeem work is to make money so that we can give to those who are doing impactful stuff, ministries, missions, and not really seeing the value or the, the, the redemptive value of our work, right? Like even your friend who's sitting down with, with people and going over estate planning, like if that doesn't reflect the character of God as, as a father that says, hey, I want to take care of my family. I want to take care of my children and leave them something better. I don't know what else does, right? Like that is reflecting the image of the God that we serve. And so I just, that is the, I think a huge value in, in our community as a kingdom capitalist is your work should also, your work is part of God's redemptive plan and you can create generosity through your work, not just the money you make. So I, right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I appreciate the insight and uh, what you just said. That was really nice. And, you know, well, you said it. I just repeated it. So. <laughs> uh, what was your What was your first business? Did you Did you before Concordia? Did you have another business, or did you was this, was Concordia the first thing you started? When you start out as a, a a straight commission broker, that's your your business is kind of yourself. So you know that that basically was my first business. I was working for somebody, but you know when you're straight commission, you know it's it's basically a startup company. So yeah. when I started out. As a broker, um, you know my my father had just died um, earlier in the year, and so, and then I graduated from college, and I I had I started, and my mother didn't have a you know she was concerned about how much money she had left to, to live on, because she was still a young woman, she was in her her fifties, you know when when I started, I got a part time job as a, a Domino's pizza delivery guy, and then. When we started our company, uh, my, my partner, Corey, and I started, you know, Concordia Realty, um, we both, you know, delivered newspapers to newsstands and uh, newspaper boxes. In, in, we got up at four in the morning and did that and then went in and, you know, we're running the company. So, no kidding. Yeah. So that's, uh, and then, you know, I, I didn't really. Was that just because like I, we have to, we need to got to provide, like there's a, it, it was more of a means because you, you needed the, the money or what? I mean, what that's. No, that's... We, we needed the money. It was, it, you know, starting a business. It's like, uh, especially we started, you know, bootstrap, you know, right. so I, I started as a broker bootstrap and, you know, we started our business bootstrap. I mean, our, our first office literally was, you know, in the attic of, you know, a commercial building and the floors um, all slanted in, so <laughs> into the middle. So we had to actually prop up the file cabinets so they wouldn't <laughs> like come flying out, you know, when you open them up because everything kind of sloped towards the middle Incredible. Uh, of the, and it was basically like this 500 square foot, you know, thing. And then the other thing is I started my company and, uh, at the same time, a friend of mine started a computer company. So they were growing a lot faster than we were. So at one point in time, there was guys that you know were in in between 25 and 30 all crammed into this 500 square foot room you know 
just uh, it, it was probably about at, at one point eight of us in there all together. <laughs> so. Oh man! Well, I, I, let me ask you this then, because I think we'll have a lot of young listeners. You know, people who are starting businesses, uh, kind of in that in that growth stage. Can you can you give some advice or you know at trying to really um, honor God, but yet hustle hard? I mean, just like. Any, any, now that you're on the other side of that, uh, you have a really established, you've done, you have a really established business now, but kind of that starting up season and, and what advice would you give? Well, I, I am going to give the advice and it, it probably goes against what a, what a lot of people will tell you, but it's really hard. Everybody says that you have to have balance and, um, it is incredibly difficult to have balance. Mm. So I, I don't think that um, you, you can necessarily have balance because you're going to be putting, um, and if you're gonna make a successful company, you're gonna be putting 110% into that company. And so you should still honor God in that company, you should still do things, but you're not gonna be doing, um, at the same time, uh, have a bunch of time to like serve on a charity board or you know do all kinds of like volunteer work or stuff that that other stuff is going to suffer um, and I am going to say that it, it's hard to, to have a family too um, and have a full-time business so you need to you know be involved with your family you need to you know have a good relationship with your family I am extremely fortunate that my wife had a job and then when we had our children, she's a hairstylist, so we were able to put a, um, a hairstyling studio in our basement so she uh-huh. was able to raise our kids. And, um, but she's always been, you know, priority a full-time mom, you know, and, it, and then she's always been an extreme, extreme help to me as a support person as to, you know, keeping things going and, you know, just making sure things are right. So I, I've been fortunate in, in, in that way. And I think it's a good word too. There, you know, we always, that word balance, <laughs> I don't, what, there, what does that even mean? And I think that can be the pressure of that. Like you got to feel like I got to balance all these things where I think it might be okay. Like you're saying for a season to maybe be unbalanced in some directions in order to really get where you, where you want or need to go. Um, and and I, I can tell you that I, because we didn't have kids till a little bit later on. I got my business up and running. And so my business was, you know, kind of going. And so then when my kids got into a position where they were in basketball and in soccer and stuff like that, you know, when they were younger, I was a basketball coach. I was a soccer coach and I could spend the time with them because that's, you know, to me, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, but I, you know, my business did suffer. Um, but, you know, I really put a lot into, you know, being with my kids and, and I, I, there's also times when, you know, I wasn't there for my kids and I was a little bit bummed out about it or, you know, I'm getting, you know, pick up my kids late from the soccer practice and they're the last one standing on the street. You know? It's like, you know, so there, there's some, there's some definite regrets there, yeah. but um, you know, the, you, that, that's the way I prioritize stuff. And when my kids were that age, then they were that age. And, you know, I, I did prioritize it and I, sure. I'm not going to, if you've got young kids, you're really going to have to say, um, I want to do this with them. And I don't regret any of the time I spent with them. Mm. Um, and now I'm back 
you know, full time, and I've been back full time, you know, like completely focused on on growing the business because, you know, my kids are old and they're you know done. And as a matter of fact, I a little bit sad, uh, you know, but really happy. I just dropped off my my oldest son got a job out in Boston. He graduated from college this year, and um, he worked for me for. Um, during the summers for a few years and he was working for me this summer again and he got a job with an excellent company and um, they're paying him a lot more than I would pay him. So, <laughs> uh, and so I, I said, you know, um, I, I really want to, I'll drive out there with you. So uh, we, you know, we, we drove out to Boston together. I dropped them off. It was really a great you know, 15 hours of driving, you get a lot of time together. <laughs> yeah. and you get a lot of time to, to talk about things. And, uh, you know, it, like I said, it's like, my job is done now. And mm. it's no longer just dropping him off at college, and then he's going to come back, you know, he's, he's out of the house, you know, and as I was telling uh, my partner, Jason, my partner, Jason, on the same day, I was dropping my son off, uh, October 19th, my partner, Jason had his first baby, little Callum. And I said, uh, you know, we're at like completely opposite stages, you know, and I, I'm tearing up a little bit about it because it's like, you know, you're at the very beginning of it and I'm at like the, you know, not the end of it. But I said, um, I'm in a more collaborative relationship with my son now and we're, you know, more of a peer to peer type of a thing. And I said, you're strictly hierarchical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I know Jason. What a what a great guy he is as well. He worked with some fantastic people. Um, that's that's really sweet. Well, I want to stay on this a little bit because the idea. I mean, I don't know how often we'll get to to talk with guys that have been in the business for a couple decades and you know have raised kids, have launched kids. To focus on the kingdom capitalist idea, to to be a man of God in the workplace. What do you think has been your biggest challenge? Uh, per, particular to being a kingdom-minded entrepreneur, business leader, capitalist? My biggest problem is forgetting God, hmm. you know, because it's like uh, going through an entire day and I'm like, you know, I, I uh, completely forgot about God today, you know, and it's like at the end of the day, I'm, I'm remembering it, but it's like there was all this stuff in the middle of the day and it's like, you know, you, you think you're master of the universe doing it on your own and, uh, you know, uh, so that, that's one of my biggest things. And when I do forget about God, I do stupid stuff too. So, you know, I, it's like, uh, you, you have, I, I, you don't have to, I think I have to every once in a while I'll drop the F bomb. Like, you know, sometimes I, you get into like a little bit difficult negotiation and, um, there could have been done with respect. And then there's certain things where, uh, it gets heated and, you know, you get angry and it, it just really uh, makes life more difficult. So, uh, and I, I always put that down to, I've forgotten God. And when I forget God, then I'm not representing God. And, but I am at the same time, if I'm holding myself out as a Christian, um, that person is taking a look at this and saying, oh, well, you know, figures, hypocrite, hmm. you know? So I get into the most problems when I, I forget about God. 
I don't know if that's a good answer. Well, no, I, I think a lot of people are going to be like, yep, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, and they're probably thinking, you only say one F-bomb a day. I say, I say <laughs> multiple. No, um, I, I, but I'm just saying, it's like, you know, when I use that, it's like, is this the, is this the right. best way to express myself? And is this God honoring? And does this, you know, have an impact on, you know, somebody that's not a Christian. And sees well, this. So what have you done? I mean, over 30 years, I mean, and I know it's always an uphill battle and I'm sure you're still practicing this, but have you found things that have helped you kind of put in, you know, the, just center your work or your day around God? Have, have you found things to help that? I, I always get up. So I get up around uh, between four thirty and five o'clock in the morning, but usually around four forty-five. 45. Um, I, have and now with google docs i i gotta tell you it is so much easier like everything that you guys have versus when and i'm not just trying to be like this old guy saying oh you know we had to walk to school you know one one or two miles each way uphill but uh you know it's like there was no you know computers there was no cell phones and stuff but now i've got you know my prayer list um on you know, a Google doc. So, and I just constantly add people mm. to the prayer list that, you know, somebody's going through cancer, somebody's a friend of mine, somebody's that, you know, going through a struggle and just my family, uh, just so I can remember to pray for those people. And then I, I have, you know, some rote prayers that I go through just to, to, to get me into um, the frame of mind to meditate with God. And so then I start um, I try to do at least 15 minutes of, of straight, you know, meditation with God. And then I do a little bit of Bible reading and um, I'm usually uh, either listening to a, a podcast or um, reading a, uh, a religious, you know, book. Uh, it doesn't have to be straight religious, but I, I do read, you know, varied amount from various sources and I I'm very ecumenical um so right now uh I and then the other thing that has keep kept me grounded is um being in a regular bible study yeah with with a group of men so I'm in a bible study now uh I was in bible study fellowship that was a little bit too much work um you know because they really demand a lot of like homework from you and I just didn't have the time to, to do it uh, but I did like it. And so now I'm in a Bible study. We meet, you know, Mondays every two weeks and we're doing Mark. So in between then, uh, I'm listening to a podcast and this uh, particular guy is an Orthodox, a Greek Orthodox priest. And he's really, really good because they, they know the, you know, tradition of the church. And they also um, have the the Bible in the original, you know, the, the New Testament in the original language. So um, it's eye-opening you know, just to get the different, um, you know, and then I've gone through uh, Reformed, I've gone through the, you know, Missouri Synod Lutherans, I've gone through the Catholic and, and all the rest of the stuff. And I really just do like the different perspectives yeah. um, because it brings, you know, somebody's, you know, some of the stuff in, you have to decide uh, at some point what's, you know, what's best. And I don't want to get into the weeds on, on different things, but it's like, uh, you could just pick up some different things. It's like, yeah, I never really looked at it from that direction. And it's like, it, it really uh, has improved my relationship with God in a different way. Yeah. Starting your day. I mean, that's, that's been so huge for me. Like you set, you, you're setting the pace for your day uh, with God meditating. Uh, I think that's so 
uh, that's a great practice that I've incorporated in my own life, which is really transformed. And I find that if I, you know, if I have a powerful moment there in the morning, that will be like a good reminder for me later in the day as well, right? <laughs> like verse where if I just kind of start off, I wake up late and I'm just kind of hurried. That's also, that kind of sets the pace for my day as well. Yeah. And I, I, the other thing that I, I forgot to say, uh, but I really go through a lot of my, on my meditation, I thank God for, you know, how blessed I've been in my life. And I, mm -hmm. I can't tell you no matter what type of problems I've had in my life, um, I have had an insanely blessed life. So I, you know, and I'm like, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I didn't deserve any of this and you just continue and I've always told people, um, God is always uh, done for me like the uh, Rolling Stones song. Uh, you can't get what you want, but you, God always gives you what you need. Mm. So, you know, I don't think I've shared this with my audience before, but my, my morning routine, because I think it's helpful for people to be like, well, what, what do you actually do? I, I wake <laughs> up early. I mean, I'm up at 445. I actually have an accountability call with a group of people so that I make sure that I'm up and we get up together at 4:45 at yeah it's at 5 a.m. in the morning okay and um you have to be out of bed because we can see each other it's virtual and uh so we do that and that's about 30 minutes and um we you know we all have our goals that we go through we're keeping each other accountable and what were the act the three most important things we did the day before or that we said we want to do the day before so we go through that and then we set priorities for for this day for today and then after that call, I try and get back into more meditation, devotional states. So I'll do my, my, my gratitude list. I'll write five things every day. God, this is what I'm thankful for. Thank you. Um, and then that leads me into my devotion time. So word and prayer is kind of my thing. Um, and then, and then I launch into, uh, I call it my grind time. And so I try and get the hardest things done in that grind time hour before my day even begins. So at 7 a.m., I'm making my East Coast phone calls, which is right now kind of the most important thing in my business is making some phone calls on the East Coast. So it's 7 a.m. on the West Coast, but it's 10 a.m. on the East Coast. So I try and get the most, uh, the hardest things done right away. And that really sets the, the pace for my day. So I, I wanted to share that because hopefully that's helpful for a lot of people to be like, okay, how do I, what, what are you actually doing to be productive in the morning? And so it has to start with I think personally with God and you have to set intentions for the day or your day is going to go. You never, you don't know, like, but the way the, the morning is so important because you, you, you are setting a target. And I think that's, that's transformational. If you start to do that. I think the, 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 the writing down, I, you know, have never done that, but that's, you know, gotta be powerful. Do you type it or do you write it? I write it. Yeah. I have a journal, a daily journal. Uh, it's like my, uh, what is it called? The, um, full focus planner by, uh, Michael Hyatt. And so I write it in there every day and that's been, that's been really helpful. Uh, so anyways, um, but I, I, I as a, a, a guy at a certain age though, I do want to say that it's not a race either though. So it's not, mm. you know, it, it's, uh, and I, I admire you for, for all that you're doing, but you know, there, there is a time where, um, slowing down and all the rest of it. But I, I know where you're, you're at in your time and it's like um, you guys do have this energy and it's like, boom, and it's like, go. And then yeah. um, in my time, 
it's a little bit more contemplative and a little bit more thinking and a little bit more, I, I've been really connecting a lot of stuff that, you know, cause there was all these books that I never read in high school. There was all the books that I never read in college that we were supposed to, but I just never did it. <laughs> you know? And so I've gone back and, and gone through a lot of those and it's like, wow, there's, there's a ton of wisdom. I mean, even in, you know, Shakespeare, if you like really read Shakespeare from, uh, he was using the King James version of the Bible. You get all the stuff that he was doing. He was putting, you know, the wisdom of Christ into a lot of his things mm. that, you know, he was writing. So there's a deeper meaning to a lot of stuff. And, and I, my, my son and I listened to a book. It was a short little book that Jason had recommended to both of us. And so we listened to it on the way out to um, Boston. And uh, there was stuff that I was hearing in the book that he wasn't necessarily hearing like you know when uh it, it, it's called the alchemist and uh so yeah when he's talking to the king i'm like uh and he said the king of salem and i'm like oh that's he's the king of jerusalem it's got to be melchizedek you know and all of a sudden you know the guy says his name is melchizedek he's like how did you know that it was in genesis <laughs> <laughs> i said but i said but if you have a knowledge of the Bible, you also have a much more appreciation of the literary tradition of the Western, you know, civilization. So, and yeah. uh, I just, I've told my kids, it's like, you don't have to, you know, be able to like, you know, proof text, you know, and, and call stuff out of your head. But if you, at least if you've got a uh, knowledge of the Bible and knowledge of what was going on in the Bible as a literary book, um, it opens up a lot of things that, you know, you then you see in our civilization, you see even in, you know, our United States Constitution and everything else. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And, and I think that's the even the, the value of getting up early is because there, there you do need to uh, open your mind and have time to read new things. And if you're always just you know, your, your day is filled up. You, you don't get that. And you, you, you don't want to wait till after you're 50 to, to start learning some of these things. Right. So, uh, I'm such a big fan of the morning because that's where a lot of that for me. Oh, uh, it's cumulative. Uh, it's, it's definitely cumulative of, you know, but like I said, I, there's books now that I've started reading right around 45 that I, I don't think I would have ever read, you know, cause it, a lot of the stuff when I was your age was all focused around, success sales and some of the other things. So I really appreciate that you did the Zig Ziglar quote because when I've gone back and re-listened to Zig Ziglar now, um, it's amazing how much he was preaching Christ. Mm. So if you read his books and you listen to his stuff, it, he, you know, a lot of people, because there, there was people like when I was you know, and I'm sorry, I keep saying your age, but when I was around <laughs> that, there was people that's like, ah, Zig Ziglar, it's like, you know, uh, positive thinking, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, no, he's got a lot of stuff good to say. And now that I've gone back and re-listened to him and reread him, it's like, I had no idea that this guy was preaching Christ you know, over and over and over again. And he's using examples from the Bible that help you in your everyday life, you know? And it's just like, uh, he's trying to like drag you into this and say, this is a roadmap. Mm. You know, if, if you listen to some of the wisdom in this book, it's a roadmap. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Uh, it's funny how the, the positive thinking stuff has kind of come back. I feel like it's, uh, there's a, 
a, a real trend on, on some of that even now. So how things kind of go in cycles and it is really helpful. And especially those who are really getting that from, uh, from, from the scriptures and really using biblical wisdom to help, to help others. I think that's key. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing before we jump off here, Michael, in the, the idea of the power of a mastermind, because I know we've talked about, you know, our mastermind, the kingdom capitalist mastermind and uh, your interest there. I, I, I just would love for you, you know, your wisdom in talking about, are, are you part of a mastermind? I know you said a Bible study, but uh, your experience or the benefits that you've experienced from being part of, a, you know, a mastermind type group in the past. Um, I'm not part of a, officially part of a mastermind. Uh, now I am part of the real estate guys syndication mentoring club. Um, and uh, it was really funny because I, uh, I was just at an event in Las Vegas um, a week and a half ago on the weekend. And there's a guy that I know from the real estate guys who is, I think he bought like the first uh, copy of Rich Dad Poor Dad. His name is Tom Burns. And uh, Tom is a very successful orthopedic surgeon. He's a doctor. He's at the top of his game. He's, you know, probably raised like a hundred million dollars per year, you know, for the last five years or so. Uh, and all of a sudden he shows up at this syndication mentoring club and I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I don't know. He goes, it's a really good group of people. And, you know, he goes, I, I get a lot out of it. And I'm like, and, he, and then he says to me, he goes, why are you here? I'm like, well, I'm just here paying for my friends. Because <laughs> so, I really, you know get a ton out of this. So I, I like hanging around these people. They're, they're, they're like-minded people, but they're also going in, in the same direction. So that's right now the closest thing I, I am in to a, a, a mastermind, but I have been in, in some before. And I've also been in some men's accountability groups, you know, that um, have, have really been good to, to work through certain things. I, and I, I really, and I don't know if you've got a, a whole lot of women, but I really do want to say that at some point you need men getting together with other men and the ability to be you know honest and transparent yeah because otherwise yeah. you just keep a lot of that stuff bottled up yeah that's so good that's so good I've, I've, i'm actually part of a weekly discipleship group and i wouldn't say that's mastermind's focus or business focus it's spiritually focused and, and that's so key but you said something in there too i think it's so powerful about the mastermind is you, uh you're, you're you're paying it for your friends or you're you're paying to be around these people and how powerful that is, like, and it's worth the investment too, right? To say, these are people that are going in the same direction I want to head. This is the best money I've spent. I think for me, because I, I would not be where I am right now in my business and in my understanding and my knowledge, if I wouldn't have kind of forked over some, some, some valuable money to, to get myself around people that are at the next level. Um, I can tell you that I, you know, probably in in my 40s i um didn't really do a whole lot of self-development i just kind of stopped it and it's like oh that stuff is stupid and i know all this stuff and i don't need to and uh, i tell you my mind has been so expanded when i got back into it you know probably around 48 um and you know doing things and going to you know different meetings and and even like going to to things outside of my industry to learn what people are doing. So like, for example, um, what's going on in the multifamily industry and is there something that 
I can learn from some of these guys. Um, so, you know, it's like, oh, well, there's a, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, virtual assistants out there. Well, you know, can I take a few virtual assistants and, and take a lot of the, you know, stuff that I'm doing in-house here and have them do uh, a lot of our property management stuff? Can I have somebody doing our, our data input into financial analysis and she's over in Bulgaria? Can I have uh, somebody do some of our other graphic stuff and everything that I was doing here and uh, they're over in Romania, right. you know, or... Uh, you know, Adam Carswell, Adam works for me. He does, you know, our, our social media marketing and, you know, a lot of our investor relations and, you know, he's in St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. So, right. right. Uh, yeah. So it's like, it just, you know, it expanded my mind as mm -hmm. to what's possible. And I'm just going to say one more thing and then I'll let you jump in. But it's like, I have also, you know, at some point dismissed, it's like, well, they're like new guys. What can they teach me? But mm. Uh, I, you know, just keep learning over and over again from new guys. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, Hey, did you, you know, there's an app for that. You could try this. Like, really? Oh, that's cool. You know? And so, and so it's like, um, I, as I started out, it's like, you know, it's not hierarchical, it's collaborative, mm -hmm. you know, no matter where mm -hmm. they are in, in, you know, their career path. We, I've learned a ton from, you know, even interns that we've hired here from, you know, DePaul university over the years. Yeah, because we get so focused on our business and what's going on inside our business that, like, the, that's why I love the Power of Mastermind and the Mastermind that we've created because it's not just real estate. It's cross industries. We have digital marketing agency. We have finance. We have real estate. Because, like, you know, that we, we need some help from the digital marketing guys and how do we really market our product and use social media. That's such a powerful thing now and the digital marketing guys have no idea what to do with all this money they're making right so yeah. they need the real and so there's this collaboration that's happening and so it really is is getting around the people because it, it allows you to kind of pick your head up and be like okay what's this person doing and, and, well, how can and I I'm, really I'm really trying to stress and I'm really stressing this because you know like I said my son just graduated from college and I'm like now is when you start learning okay you 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 did learn some things in college and like, but you, this is when you start learning. And if you start drinking from a fire hose and learning as much as possible. Um, and then I just want to stress to everybody, no matter where they are, you know, listening in their phase in life, um, continue to learn that life is all about learning. And if you stop learning, then you kind of like, just, you know, you're at a standstill. And then, you know, I, I say you, you start the process of death. You know, so it's like you're either going to continue to like, you know, keep learning all through life or you're just going to stay stagnant and, you know, you're just going to kind of like, okay, I'm done, you know, and uh, I, I am in retirement. So I, I don't see myself in retirement ever. Maybe that'll change. But, you know, right now uh, I, I just get really excited about working with people older, younger, all over the place and, and all over the world now keep learning or you start the process of death. Wow. That was good. <laughs> um, well, Michael, uh, uh, well, actually let me say this for, before I ask you this last question, because to, to finish up on the mastermind, so folks are, are aware we are starting a mastermind group specifically for kingdom capitalists. And I will put that link uh, in the show notes along with, uh, with all of Michael's information as well. So, um, if, 
like Michael, you, you want to be around a like-minded group of people to really go to the next level in all your areas of your life, but primarily your business and your faith. Be a part of this community. Uh, this, this is really what we're trying to do is build something special here of people that want to collab and do things together. So uh, just just wanted to, to make that note. So last question, and we'll get off here. You've given amazing advice so much uh, today, which has been, which has been awesome. Uh, but I want to ask you, even that last, I mean, to, to never stop learning. But, but I'm going to ask you to kind of to go back here a little bit. If, if you could go back to your 22-year-old self, and I think this is a powerful question for you because you have gone through so much, you know, and so you, you have your son in mind. You've talked about your son a lot. If there's one thing you could tell him as he's thinking about growing and starting his own businesses as a kingdom capitalist, what would you tell him? Your 22-year-old self, you could go back and you, you got five minutes, and you know, you're walking down the road. What would you tell him? Ah, uh, that's... <laughs> That's a crazy difficult question. I, I really, that, uh, I, I wish I would have had that question earlier so I could have thought about it a little more. But um, uh, like I said, uh, really the, 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 the main thing I would tell them is to be honest. Um, to be honest with yourself. Um, to be honest with other people. Um, and I think it goes back to that not forgetting God, because when you don't have, when you forget about God, then it's much easier not only to, to drop the F-bomb, but it's also easier just to, well, um, it'll be easier to give these people bad news if I just kind of shade it a little, and then it'll be easier to give these people bad news if I just don't tell them about it at all, mm -hmm. or um, so, you know, and I, I learned, you know, through, you know, one or two uh, bad experiences. It's like, well, you know, uh, it's usually easier just to be completely honest <laughs> and, and, and to like put the bad news first and say, this is what happened. Um, and it wasn't what we were looking to happen, but unfortunately it did happen. And this is what we're going to do about it. And, um, you know, this is how we're going to make it right. And there's been situations where uh, I have had, you know, especially in, you know, 2008, some really painful financial experiences. And uh, it really, really helped me that uh, I had the bad lying part <laughs> of my, you know, career back really early and realized that there was a bad, you know, you know and it wasn't like a, a whole bunch of things, but it was like, you know, that really didn't work too well. So this time uh, I'm going to go around and I'm just going to say, you know, this is what it is. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, we, we're, we're losing money here. Uh, or it's like talking to the banker and saying, you know, um, this is a bad situation. Uh, this is where we're at. And, you know, because there was the honesty in the relationship and the relationship of trust that, and they, we didn't, you know, do things to, to commit fraud, you know, initially when we went into it, that they worked with us and, or, you know, just uh, so it, it, to, to make it come out right. And so I can say that, you know, we've never given back a property. And I can say that um, while our investors, um, you know, weren't made completely whole on one or two projects that um, overall we've, you know, had a remarkably 
successful record. And it wasn't just because the, the investment was a success. It was, I'm going to work to make you guys whole. Mm. So, so that's, that's where the honesty part, I, I, I guess that's, and, and then you have to be honest with yourself and you, being honest with yourself means that you're honest with God. Mm. Because if you're lying to God about what you're doing, then you're really not being honest with, with yourself either. That's excellent advice. I think a part of that, some reason why is we can't be honest because we're scared of failure. And I tell myself every day that failure is necessary on the road to success. And so uh, I just think that goes so thanks for that advice because that, that helps me to be like, yeah, this is okay to fail and to be honest about those failures because it, it's building or making you who you want to become. So, um, man, they're, they're, this was amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. How can our listeners that want to learn more about, um, you said you, you're opening up things for private investors to begin to invest in real estate or learn more about Concordia. Where, where, where can they go to? to they get can go to our website, concordiarealty.com. That's C O N C O R D I A R E A L T Y.com. And they can either go to our investor page and fill out the investor page, which has a contact uh, section in there, or they can go to our contact, you know, just hit contact and, uh, you know, it'll get to me, you know, so we, we'd love to talk to people. We, I really enjoy talking to people, especially if you're interested in, you know, real estate. Um, if you ever have a relationship with me, the guys that do have really, and I'm sorry, but it's mainly guys. So <laughs> they just happen to be in real estate, but you know, the, the guys and, and women, it's like, they, they know that sometimes I talk way too much and you know, I've got <laughs> way too many stories for everything. Real quick. Are you going to be uh, in LA in January for the intelligent investors conference? Yes, we are. We are a uh, proud sponsor. Uh, I look forward to speaking there again. And um, Hunter is just a phenomenal guy. So if, if those of you do, that don't know Hunter Thompson um, and David Coe, uh, put together this uh, Intelligent Investors Real Estate Conference, which is where I met Ellis. And um, we, uh, it, it, that was one of the better conferences that I've been to that we've, you know, had a booth at, that we sponsored that, uh, because there's real investors there that really have an interest in learning about real estate from all different aspects. So it was a lot of people that weren't interested in retail real estate, but uh, they were fantastic to talk to about, you know, uh, in, it ran the gamut from guys that were young engineers that were just starting out in life and had extra money, which I, you know, it's like, wow, it's like you're 25 years old and you're invested in, yeah, in this yeah. stuff, uh, all the way to people that were older and, and had a, a ton of wisdom to give me that were, you know, just accredited investors and in, in stuff. Yeah. So it was a great, uh, great show. And I'm yeah, looking we'll, forward to we'll it. We'll put that link in the show notes for anybody who wants to attend. It's in January in LA. It's an amazing conference, uh, discount code I can put in for everyone. It's just my name at Ellis, E-L-L-I-S. So I'll put the link in there for a discount discount code for anybody who wants to come and uh, come hang out with me and michael that's going to be a lot of fun we'll be together come, again use my discount code. oh well use your discount code <laughs> what is it what is your discount it's, code it's cep for concordia equity partners cep so <laughs> there you either go. one either one will get you a hundred dollars off <laughs> uh whoever whoever you like more you can uh, you can support um anyways <laughs> 
Michael, thank you for your time, brother. And um, really, since this is Ellis's podcast, use his discount code. <laughs> Go to his website. Use my <laughs> discount code. How about that? Uh, if if you're enjoying the show, just want to remind you: please leave a review, uh, share this with a friend, take a screenshot, um, you know, put it on your social media accounts. All those things really help us. But reviews are key because it allows other people to see this. Um, to you know and for us to bring on great guests like michael and so uh thanks for listening today uh look forward to uh to continue to hang in with you guys appreciate it thanks michael hey i hope you enjoyed this show today if you want to learn more about our community you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co there you can find info on our private mastermind and even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guests of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.